On today's show, the Hawks go into Washington, D.C. and get a blowout victory. But unfortunately, Jalen Johnson suffers a first-half injury that everyone will be monitoring over the next day or two. And we'll touch on all of that and more coming up. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1596 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Saturday evening into Sunday. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use promo code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Also, at the top of the podcast, I should tell you to make us your first listen each and every day here at Locked On Hawks and across the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us across podcast platforms, places like Apple and Spotify, as well as YouTube on the video side. And today's show, we'll touch on what became a very nice win for the Hawks, 136 to 108 on the road up in Washington, D.C. I framed this game before it started as sort of a taking care of business spot for Atlanta, and they did just that. It was never particularly close after halftime, and this is back-to-back wins for the Hawks. They're now 8-7 and seven this season. Unfortunately, some of that is marred by the injury that Jalen Johnson suffered in the first half. It is being called a left wrist injury, and unfortunately, that is the focus of the night in some respects. We'll touch on that more often later on in the podcast. But as far as the game is concerned, it was competitive early on, but the Hawks broke it up in the third quarter and never really looked back. They were up by as many as 36 points in the second half and then cruised, and I mean cruised, to an 28-point win at the very end. So, Plenty to get to, and if you're a new listener, what we do on the podcast is dive into kind of what the big, big picture of the game was, how the Hawks played, as well as how the game flowed, and the back and forth, my observations throughout the game, and at the end of the podcast, touch on the player-by-player player stuff in this game. But we'll f- first, beyond the jail and injury, which again, we'll talk about more in a second, and that's certainly a big story, unfortunately, for the Hawks, the offense was great in this game. They had a 135 offensive rating in the non-garbage time portion of this contest, It is notable that Washington is one of the worst defensive teams in the league. That has to be said. It's part of the context here. They are very bad on on that on the floor. But the Hawks did play very well independent of that, even when you adjust for the opponent. So Atlanta shot the ball very well in this game. 51% from the floor, 49% from three on 37 attempts. That's an excellent figure in terms of accuracy and in terms of volume. They were okay at the free throw line, but the big thing was 29 assists and 10 turnovers. And actually, six of those 10 turnovers Happened in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much already over. The Hawks were taking care of the ball at a fantastic level at the outset of this game. All eight guys who played in the rotation portion of the game had at least eight points. Three double-doubles from the Hawks in this game. My guy Kevin Chenard at Hawks.com pulled this stat even before Hawks PR did, so I'll give him the credit on this one. The Hawks have now scored 435 points in the last three games. That is the seventh most in NBA history across three games, and really in a crazy stat here. The most that any team has scored in three games in the NBA since 1990. I know we have listeners who are not even that old. And yeah, most by any team in more than three decades. And the Hawks just did that. It does help to play the Pacers, Nets, and Wizards, given their defensive foibles and their pace. But still a crazy amount of points. And the Hawks are averaging 145 a game in the last three games. That is pretty preposterous. Um, As a sort of bridge to the defensive part of this game, uh, I said this a little bit on my, in my Patreon preview, by the way, if you want to read more about the Hawks and all my musings there, patreon.com slash BT Roland. But the Wizards are the worst rebounding team in the league by a like comically wide margin. It's kind of it's actually pretty crazy how bad they have been rebounding this year. It is jarring, really, when you look at it on paper and really when you watch the game as well. Um, the Hawks had a very good 
30% offensive rebound rate in this game. That's elite. The Wizards had a 21% offensive rebound rate. That's actually awful, of course. The Hawks had 19 second chance points. So it was exactly what you would expect from a team that is awful on the glass in Washington and a team that is at least pretty good, usually, from the Hawks' side of things. And here's why I point out the thing, like I always do on the show, about how the possession battle matters in NBA games. Look, in this game... The Hawks would have won anyway. They shot the ball a lot better than the Wizards did in this contest. That definitely helps across the board. But the Hawks took, a.k.a. attempted, 14 more shots from the field in this game than Washington did and eight more free throws. So basically, the Hawks had so many more opportunities to create points by shooting the ball at the basket that they were able to win. That means they were dominant on the glass and they were dominant in the turnover margin. And that was the big part of the game in addition to shooting the ball very well as they did in this contest. So defensively, I thought they were not they were not quite as good defensively as they were on offense in the first half when the game was still kind of hovering. In the first half, they were better on offense for sure. Um, but they still had like 100 defensive rating in this game in the, in the competitive portion, and that's obviously very, very good against anyone. Washington's not great on offense, let's just say that out loud, and they were missing Jordan Poole in this game, who was a very, very, very late scratch, like a 705 scratch in this game, a very strange thing there. Um, and, but look, he's not a great – player efficiency wise he's just kind of a high volume scorer anyway the Wizards are better offensively than they are defensively in a vacuum and they did shoot pretty well from two-point range in this game 67% from two-point range but they held them in 26% from three only 12 free throw attempts which is an excellent figure and the big thing is the Hawks forced 20 turnovers that led directly to 27 points in this game for the Hawks going off of the turnovers so look I don't think the Hawks were awesome on defense for large portions of his game, but they locked in when it kind of mattered, and that was kind of all they had to do in this spot. Um, no Jordan Poole, by the way, as I mentioned before, nor no, nor Dylan Wright or Gal or Dylan Gallinari in this game, old friends for Washington. The Hawks were favored by nine and a half points in this game, and they obviously cruised beyond that. But look, as far as the game is concerned, the Hawks played well. They didn't have to play an A-plus game to win against Washington. They had, they had to play at least solidly well, and they played very well, and Washington helped them out as well. Now, before we move on to the rest of the game flow, I will touch on Jalen Johnson right here on the podcast. So uh, it actually happened in the second quarter. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to see the play by now, but basically he got a steal and attempted to finish the ball in transition. He got fouled. He tried to brace his fall, and he got up really kind of holding his left wrist. Seemed to be in considerable pain. He did shoot the free throws just in case, because if you come out of the game there, you have to come out of the game and never come back in. But he actually didn't come back in, unfortunately, for the Hawks. I was surprised it wasn't reviewed for a potential flagrant foul on Kyle Kuzma. I know Hawks fans were uh, kind of out for blood with Kyle Kuzma tonight. Um, it was not a great play by Kuzma. I don't think it was like super, super dirty, but it was not great, by, let's just say. It should have been reviewed, in my opinion. Um, but the Hawks rolled him out pretty quickly, which is usually not a great sign. No other details at this point in time other than it is, quote, a left wrist injury via the Hawks. Quinn Snyder got a question from Laura Williams after the game and basically said, um, you know, they're hoping he'll be okay and uh, they'll find out more tonight and tomorrow. Um, I'm sure they'll have an MRI done or x-rays or both in the next couple of hours. The Hawks do play on Sunday. I'd be shocked if Jalen played on Sunday. I'll just say that out loud. I don't know anything about a timeline. Obviously, this is not great. Jalen Johnson is a very important part of the team. No matter where you are on the Jalen Johnson scale, I know some people think he's the best player on the team already, which he's probably not at this point, considering Trey Young is on the team. But Jalen Johnson is, at the very least, a big two-way force for this team, a future piece, a current piece, a starter, a very, very important player to what they do on offense and especially on defense, in my opinion. So all of that is... Uh, not great for Atlanta. And look, I, I could do an hour on this, and I won't do an hour on this now. But as far as like if he's out for a while, that is not going to be good for the Hawks. They can certainly withstand it. They're capable of doing so. But that is a, that, that is one of the spots on the roster where they have the least depth, actually, at this moment in time. I think you would see 
um, as much of Sadiq Bey as possible. Same with DeAndre Hunter. The two of them would probably play most of, if not all of, the power four minutes in games Jalen Johnson does not play because they don't really have a third power forward. You know, Muhammad Gay, who is a rookie anyway, is unavailable right now. They don't really have another guy. Like Wes Matthews could play some four, but he's more of a three. Uh, you might see a Kongwu at the four in certain matchups. Like I think Boston, maybe if they were at if they had Porzingis in this game, which they which they actually do not have, as we look ahead to tomorrow a little bit. But like tonight against Washington, it didn't make sense to play Kongwu at the four. Like they're playing small, but certain teams like you know Milwaukee or teams that play two bigs, yeah, I'll Kongwu at the four, but. You're going to see more Bay and more of Hunter and then more of guys like Wes Matthews, more of guys like AJ Griffin. You would imagine playing, um, if not all the time, certainly much more than he has been so far this season. So um, that's a small, small, brief look at what would happen. But uh, certainly on a night when the Hawks won this game going away and comfortably, and it was a positive night in that aspect, everyone around the team, I'm sure, is holding their breath right now with regard to Jalen Johnson, because look, he's, it's not as, it's not quite as important as Trey Young, or maybe you could argue DeJounte Murray, but he is very, very, very important to what they do on both ends of the floor. And especially again on defense, because they don't really have anybody that can replicate what he does uh, as far as like, you know, rebounding and secondary rep protection, et cetera. So anyway, we'll touch on that more later on in the podcast. And I'm sure later on in the week going into next week, but there you go on that and uh, hold your breath in between now and when the Hawks give an update, probably either on Sunday or on Monday. All right, so we'll have more on this game coming up. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by PrizePix, the largest DFS platform in North America, and also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And at PrizePix, you pick two six players. Actually, choose to have more or less than a certain number of points or rebounds or assists or steals, etc. With 25 times the money on your entries, and with basketball season here, you can now use combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. They have um, You can actually use two or more players from different leagues across the board and combine them. That's a lot of fun. There's a huge selection of sports and stat types at PrizePix. They're not offered anywhere else. They have projections on the NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA, and many more. They also have a reboot policy. They are the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy right now. I've also really enjoyed checking out prize picks all year long as far as baseball is concerned and football and basketball now that the NBA season is rocking and rolling. And on the whole, I really enjoy the prize picks experience. I think you will as well. It's easy. It's fun. And I highly recommend it. And the place to go is pricepits.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use LockedOnNBA as the code when you get there for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time, that is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use promo code LockedOnNBA when you get there. Check out daily fantasy sports made easy with PrizePix. All right, we'll dive into the game flow now on this Saturday evening into Sunday. And the Hawks love this game early and often. Uh, it was 17-6 to out of the gate for Atlanta. It was not as easy as that makes it sound like the Hawks were actually in a single digit game along the way, but Washington never led in this contest. 17, six out of the gate. Um, the Hawks did crucially play more show coverage defensively in this game after they had played more drop over the weekend, I guess, like getting back to last week, that was a notable change. We talked about a little bit on the podcast, but more to where they've been doing all, all season long in this game. But, uh, you know, early on, everyone was kind of balanced. Murray actually had the ball in his hands a lot. He was kind of pressing a little bit. Did a four assist though. It, at the outset, Washington did sort of get back in the game within four pretty quickly. Uh, but as I sort of mentioned a second ago, Murray was hyper aggressive. He took nine shooting possessions and had six assists in the first 10 minutes. That's something that like not even Trey usually does. That, that's sky high usage and like sort of involvement numbers when it comes to that. But um, he, he settled down as the game went along and played pretty well. Um, rotationally, it was Wes Matthews as, as a ninth man in this game for the Hawks until, of course, everybody played by the end. But the actual competitive portion, it was the usual eight guys and then Wes Matthews was the ninth. And then when uh, in the second half, it was Garrison Matthews playing a little bit more than the rest as he came in in Wes Matthews' place after halftime. The lead was only four at the end of the first quarter. The Hawks did play very well on offense as they did the entire game. But defensively, it was probably their worst stretch. 
late in the first and into the second quarter. Um, I mentioned it before, but we'll, we'll just stop here one more time and say Jalen Johnson got hurt early in the second quarter, only played eight minutes in the game. Looked good when he was out there. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, as soon as the injury happened, it was pretty obvious that it was something um, significant enough where he wasn't going to come back in the game, and he never came back in the game. And by the way, as a note, this is not hugely impactful in a game that became a blowout, but the Hawks had to use an intentional foul to get Jalen off the court because of the fact that he stayed in to shoot free throws so he could actually be eligible to return to the game. He made the second one, and the Hawks tried to get him off the floor, uh, but they used a Kongwu to, the to actually be the guy that committed the, the intentional foul. Kongwu was the last player on the team that should be doing that. So that was not a good decision. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't matter, but uh, kind of a funny little quirk. Um, the Hawks had one big run, mid-second quarter. It was a 12-2 run. Sadiq Bey started out very cool in this game, actually missed his first five shots, but got going with a steal and a dunk at that point in time. Washington did, did have one more run in them. It was an 8-0 run with Trey Young off the floor, and that's one of the reasons why, by the way, spoiler alert, Trey Young was a plus 40 in this game, and the Hawks won by 28. So it was uh, they were much better with Trey on the floor than off, and that was part of the reason why. Um, they did close the half strong. Capella had a putback bucket. They have threes from Trey and Hunter to go up by 12 at halftime. And look, it wasn't over at that point. Like it might seem like it now, but the Hawks actually played again awesome on offense in the first half. Um, 16 assists and two turnovers before halftime. Trey and DJ had 13 assists combined. Trey had two or three just obscene passes in the first half, as he always does. Um, seven guys with seven points or more. Defensively, though, it was a little bit shakier, but uh that was that sort of stiffened as the game went along. In the third, just as a uh, not, not really a surprise, but Sadiq Bey started at the four for the Hawks. Of course, he started three of the first five games this year, even with Jalen Johnson available. So I think it's pretty safe to assume that Sadiq will start if Jalen Johnson is not able to play on Sunday and maybe beyond that. But uh, nothing for sure at this point. Just ha that, That's sort of the note that I wanted to point out there in the second half. Um, look, as soon as the third quarter opened, it was pretty much over. A 17-7 run by Atlanta, go by 22 within the first five minutes. The Wizards started slow. Capella had a double-double, actually never came back in the game because he, he never had to bring him back. So uh, he was effective in 18 minutes of play with 12 and 11. Um, Led by 25 points in the middle of the third quarter. Garrison Matthews came in, actually had a three early on. Given the margin, it was fine. But the Hawks actually played a stretch that was still like when they, gave, when they were obviously trying to win um, that had Garrison Matthews, Bogey, and Bay on the court. That isn't going to work. <laughs> Hopefully they would not try that very often because that defensively – isn't going to happen. That's kind of the same as like playing AJ with those guys. Like you can't really get away with that very often, if at all. Um, but the Hawks only had two turnovers to like deep in the third quarter. And again, the fish with 10, but that was, uh, it was much better than that. Uh, they dominated the third quarter. That was the difference in the game in a lot of ways, 37 to 20 in the third. They were really efficient offensively. They held the wizards to eight of 25 shooting and four turnovers in the third quarter. And it was pretty much over at that point up 29 points in the fourth. It was a uh, 34 pretty quickly with Trey still on the floor with the bench. Hilariously, Quinn used a challenge in the fourth quarter up by 32 points because Trey made a three and wanted a four-point play, but he was called for offensive foul. And I think, you know, probably could use a challenge at, at this point in time to kind of back up Trey, back up your best player, empower him. Uh, he lost the challenge, but I had no problem with that one, and, and basically just given the state of the game at that point. And then from there, it was really all garbage time. Like the last, I'll be generous and say six minutes, it was probably even longer than that, was pretty much garbage time. They were up by 36, as many points as 36 in the fourth quarter. They got Trey off the floor first for, for Trent Forrest. Then AJ Griffin came in. Notably, Patty Mills made his Hawks debut in this game. Obviously, he's been on the team all season long, but he's not played. And it does make sense for a guy like Patty, who is on the older side, let's just say in his upper 30s, to not play in total blowouts. But this is one where like there was enough garbage time. Like you, you actually, it's like worth getting him out there. Um, and that 
happened in this game. It was kind of funny because Wes Matthews played in the rotation and played eight minutes, but he is on the side where like you don't want to bring him back in for no reason because he's actually going. They're probably going to need him. Whereas Patty's like obviously not playing, so I thought it was interesting that they brought him in. But anyway, uh, it took until game fifteen, but Patty Mills was on the court in this in, in this particular game. Uh, also, Bruno Fernando came in. Garrison Matthews. Um, it was big for me anyway to keep the minutes down. I think on the Hawks side. Um, as I mentioned before, they do play a back-to-back. They play on Sunday in Boston. It's a 6 o'clock game, so they actually have a very, very short turnaround. Not a super long trip from Washington to Boston, but still an early tip-off on a Sunday. Um, and did not have to play really anybody big minutes. The only guy who played more than 31 minutes was Sadiq Bay with 32. You know, Trey, 30 minutes. DeJounte, 27 minutes. Capella, 18 minutes. That is all very, very useful in advance of the game on Sunday, which has got a, a much bigger challenge on paper. Boston is obviously one of the best teams in the league, and uh, probably without Jalen, we'll see how that all goes in a second, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But, um, yeah, that's kind of all I have. The second half was pretty much, let's just say, uneventful. After about the six-minute mark of the third quarter, it was pretty much just like sim to end, and the Hawks did what they had to do. They never gave up the big run. I mean, I was I was happy to see that. If you're a Hawks fan, I think you probably want to see them like not give up the, the 10-0 run where Quinn has to like panic and put the stars back in the game. That would have been nice to see, and it was nice to see in this game. So um, that's all I have on the game flow itself. It was a little bit uneven in the first half. But once the game got to the third quarter, it was uh, foot on the gas and uh, all breezing to the end for the Hawks in this spot. Okay, we'll have a look in a second at the player-by-player breakdowns in this game and a brief peek at Sunday's game and more. But first, a work from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And as the weather gets colder, the NBA and NFL offers stay hot at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're a new customer, get $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. Yes, $150 in your pocket. If your team wins, Beyond the Awesome Parks is signing up right now. They have all stuff you're looking for across the sports betting landscape, including point spreads and over-unders and money lines and player props, future bets, same-game parlays, live betting, and more. The app at FanDuel is safe and secure. They cover the whole range of sports as well. That includes the NFL, college football, NBA, WNBA when it's going on in season, college basketball. They have golf and tennis and soccer and auto racing, boxing, MMA. It's all there for you. They have stuff involving the Hawks as well, including all the stuff you're looking for in advance of Sunday's game against the Celtics and beyond. And now is the best possible time. Set up with the folks at FanDuel. Again, America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Check out the official sportsbook partner of Locked On Podcast Network with an offer that you absolutely do not want to miss. One more time, it is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is official partner of the NFL. All right, we'll dive into the players now on the Hawks side. And again, what became a breezy 28-point victory over the Wizards. To the bench first, um, a lot of guys played garbage time minutes in this game. Bruno Fernando played five minutes in his return to the DMV. Of course, he played basketball at Maryland at the college level. Had five points in, four, in five minutes. Nothing really to get to there. AJ Griffin made, made two threes. Good to see him. I think he'll be playing more often if Jalen does not play in particular. Uh, Patty Mills, I mentioned before, actually made a three in his first bucket. He's on the board now for the Hawks. Um, Trent Forrest, nine minutes. Did Trent Forrest stuff, two points, two, two assists, good defense, all that stuff. And then Wes Matthews played eight minutes of actually real rotation minutes. Um, didn't score, took I, I, I had one assist. I think Wes will be playing as much as he can play if Jalen is unavailable because they, they will want his defense and his know-how and his sort of veteranosity, or as one might say. So uh, keep an eye on him. Garrison Matthews, 14 minutes. I believe that's a, a high in a, uh, in a competitive environment for the Hawks this year for Garrison. Six points, made two threes, had two rebounds and an assist. Bogey had a weird game. Uh, Bogey had 15 points on nine shots. So he shot the ball fantastically. Made all three of his threes, three rebounds and an assist. 
I think Bogey was like really, really bad defensively in the first half, like like glaringly so. It was kind of funny, actually. He's prone to do that every once in a while. But because he shot the ball so well, it didn't actually bite them, but just something to note for the future. Um, Akongwu played solidly, nine points, six rebounds, had a steal and a block in 25 minutes, plus nine, got to the line four times. Uh, he wasn't like outstanding, but I thought he played just fine. And then Sadiq Bey, again, started slow. I think he missed his first five shots, ended up being six of, four, six of 14, which is not great, but it was much better than he was after the start of the game. Um, 13 points, though, and was plus 30, uh, nine rebounds. Um, yeah, just played with the starters in the second half, and that was uh, the big key of his plus-minus in this contest. To the starters, again, Jalen Johnson, eight minutes, eight points, two steals, and a block. Looked good until he got hurt, and again, fingers crossed if you are a Hawks fan. Um, Clint Capella, 18 minutes because he never had to come back in the game. 12 points, 11 rebounds, uh, had, a, had an assist as well, no turnovers, plus 21. Clint was not great. I don't think he had a couple of like Moses Malone tap, taps to himself to inflate the rebounding numbers in this game. I thought he played fine. I don't think he uh, was – his best self defensively in the first half, but um, obviously it's good to have him kind of limited minutes wise in advance of a back-to-back where they're going to need a lot. And look, you might see a Kong with the four. And if that happens, you might need to see more of Clint. So keep an eye on that in the coming days. If J1 is not able to play in the near future, uh, the backcourt, um, DeJounte Murray, 11 points, 10 assists, four steals. Didn't shoot it well, 414 from the floor, one of six from three. But I thought once he settled in a little bit after his first quarter aggressiveness, he was much better and was plus nine, plus 19 in this game. We'll come back to Trey at the end, but DeAndre Hunter played well in this game. 20 points, four rebounds, two steals. Uh, he was eight, sorry, four of six on twos, three of five on threes, three of three with the free throw line. He was good. He was good on uh, Wednesday as well. So back-to-back games for DeAndre Hunter playing very well, kind of quieting some of the uh, – murmurs around Hawks Twitter and places like that. So I think he's been playing well, knock on wood on that. And again, I think he might be the most important guy if Jalen Johnson is unable to play because DeAndre, you know, Sadiq Bey will play a lot too, but Hunter is much closer as far as the defensive side of the floor to Jalen Johnson. Not not, not the same player, not all that same. Obviously Jalen's more like, you know, athletic and rangy, but Hunter is a better defender by a lot than Sadiq Bey. And they're going to just have to have so much DeAndre Hunter. I think he might leave the team in minutes if uh, if Jalen is out. So keep, keep an eye on that. And then finally, Trey Young. I thought Trey was great, not just because of the plus 40, which is kind of funny, but 26 points, 10 assists, six rebounds, two steals, two turnovers is great for him. He was efficient, 9 of 17 from the floor, 5 of 8 from 3, um, only for, for, only for free, three free throw attempts, which is totally fine for him. Um, but Last three games for Trey Young after his uh, kind of infamous shooting struggles this season. Last three games, 18 of 32 from three. Is that good? I think it is. And 52% from the floor. Um, so, yeah, he's got it going right now. I was never really worried about Trey, but I think it is certainly helpful for everyone's mindset, including his, that he's been able to make some shots in recent days. So, like, I don't think that's like, that doesn't mean that everything's solved. He's, he's always going to be this good either. But I think it is uh, certainly a little bit easier for everybody involved when Trey makes shots. And um, by the way, I believe as of today, I'm looking it up as we're talking now, um, his true shooting is back to like a, a respectable figure. It's back to yeah, 57% true shooting. So like that's not fantastic, but that is totally fine. Whereas it was 50 or 50 or so a few days ago. So he's back into that realistic range, obviously boosted by free throws, but that's part of the game too. And he's great at that. So uh, good to see Trey cooking. And he, I thought he was honestly great in this game. It's an easy matchup in a lot of ways, but uh, he was uh, in command from start to finish of this one. 
Um, so that'll be all I have on the game tonight. Obviously, again, Jalen status looms over everything, but we'll come back to that more when we have word on that. I'm making one more check of socials and emails and things as I'm talking to you now. Make sure I don't miss any news, but I would expect the Hawks will wait until they have some actual news and they don't really have any actual news right now. So keep an eye out on that. And uh, by the way, in real time, I will hopefully have some stuff, something something for you on Twitter slash X at BT Roland or at Locked on Hawks there. And uh, also, if there's something quick, I might write on Patreon as well. So keep an eye on all those things. So the Hawks now travel, as probably as I'm speaking to you now, they're probably already on the plane to Boston. Boston has been really good this year, but they have lost two of the last three games, and they are shorthanded at the moment. Notably, Drew Holiday is questionable for the game on Sunday, and Chris Asperzingas, who's been really good this year, is already out for Boston. So at the very least, Boston will not be at full strength, and Drew, if, he, if Drew is out, that, that would be even less full strength. And Boston, while they have a great top six or seven, they don't really have a ton of awesome depth. So it's a somewhat favorable matchup through that lens. But on the other side, Boston has the rest advantage and they're playing at home. So they played Friday afternoon and they were off on Saturday and now they're back at home. So that's a really tough spot schedule-wise for Atlanta. A little bit easier because the Hawks didn't have a hugely grueling game tonight. But um, you know, Jalen, you have to assume it's probably not going to play. And uh, we'll, see if, we'll see about Drew Holiday. But I, I would imagine... I'm looking at this now as we talk. I'm, I would imagine the Hawks will be underdogs in the game in Boston. In fact, right now, uh, the folks at FanDuel have the Hawks as seven and a half one underdogs. So that, that's a pretty significant number. That's almost as much as the Hawks were favored over the Wizards today. So uh, I don't know if I agree with that distinction, but certainly if Drew plays, the Hawks will be underdogs for sure at tip off. And we'll see if they can sort of respond in a tough spot. But that was honestly one of the reasons why tonight's game was such a taken care of business spot for Atlanta is that they had a tough game coming on Sunday. I think objectively, no one's going to pick the Hawks to win in Boston. Can they do it? Yes, they can. No question about that. But as far as like the point spread is concerned, FanDuel and all that stuff, uh, Boston will be favored in the game. So winning tonight gives you a little bit of cushion for tomorrow and then a, a long road trip to come. So stay tuned for that. I'll have a new, a new show after the game on Sunday, as I always will as well. And uh, PSA, if you're a new listener or folks who have not heard the end of the podcast recently, there is some extra bonus content in the audio-only feed sometimes of this podcast. So if you're a subscriber on Apple or Spotify, etc., there's some bonus shows coming from the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Sports Atlanta, like kind of these postcast episodes. They don't involve me, but they certainly are uh, network endorsed. So check those out for sure in the audio only feeds and don't be alarmed. Nothing less from me. I promise you. I did five shows already last week. I'm starting off this week with a bang with these two weekend shows. So um, no slowdown for me. Keep that locked here. And again, that's in the audio only feeds of the podcast. And again, I encourage you to subscribe to the show. Anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Google and Overcast, but also, of course, places like Spotify and Apple and YouTube on the video side, where I also encourage you to like the show and uh, smash the like button and subscribe and the bell and all that stuff. Do all the fun stuff that you can do to support the podcast. Auto download, tell a friend about the podcast. It's very, very much appreciated. Again, we're on Twitter. On the, at the show side of things at Locked on Hawks. I'm also there at BT Roland, patreon.com slash BT Roland. I'm also on Blue Sky if you want to find me there. I'm across the board. You can, you can probably find me all, the, all over the place, but hopefully you enjoy the rest of the weekend. I, of course, enjoyed my day immensely today as I am wearing, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, a Michigan shirt, go blue. And uh, with all that said, we'll sign off today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you after the game on Sunday.